Rachel, and I'm so glad that you are here listening today, and I hope that this is a source of encouragement and light and life in your week. Today we're talking about taking off the old and putting on the new, because it's important for us as believers, if you love Jesus, that we want to not live in the way that we used to live, but we live in our new lives in Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Just as, you know, in the wintertime when you're wearing your cozy PJs, maybe you're not the same as me, but I get cold really easily. So at nighttime, I like to layer up, put on some really cozy PJs, lots of blankets and everything. But when I get up in the morning, I don't just put on my work clothes over my PJs, that's kind of ridiculous. But instead I have to take off the old and put on my work clothes. And getting in those work clothes helps me get in the right mindset to go to work. Because if I went to work in my PJs, as a lot of us did during the COVID times of the lockdown and being on Zoom and everything like that, it really gets you in a different mindset when you're wearing your professional clothes or being dressed for whatever specifically you are doing. You know what I mean? You don't wear your professional clothes to go hang out with your friends and you don't wear hiking clothes to go to a meeting. You just, you know what you wear, not because it's who you are, but because it helps you get in the right mindset for what you're doing. In the same way, we want to clothe ourselves as followers of Jesus in a way that helps us to live for him, which means we take off the old way that we used to live and put on the new way. Being a Christian isn't automatically being perfect and following God's ways. God has to strip off the old, get rid of our old sinful ways, and add the new. In Colossians 3, it says, Therefore put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God um, is upon the disobedient. And now you once walked in these ways, When you were living in them, but now put away all the following anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. So these are all things of the old way. We were all once hellbound, and many of us have now been saved because of Jesus' blood and putting our faith and trust in Him because He called us and chose us, and we uh, have put our faith in Him. But if you haven't chosen that, then you are you have this opportunity to get rid of the old. You can give your life to Jesus and allow him to transform you. Because now, in verse 12 of Colossians 3, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then in verse 14, above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. So we want to clothe ourselves with those new things. Just like in the Old Testament, God actually had special garments for the priests to wear. They had an ephod and a breast piece and other garments such as their headpiece. It kind of helped them get in the right mindset and it showed that they were priests of God. And they didn't just wear their, their regular clothes. They wore these special clothes. And they served as reminders in verse 29 of 
Exodus 28, it says, When Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart on the breastpiece of decision as a continuing memorial before the Lord. And about the headpiece, it says, Make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it as a seal, holy to the Lord. So these are all outward representations and memorials and reminders of being God's people. In the same way, we are actually priests today. In 1 Peter 2, 9-10, through 10, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So we too are priests, and we don't wear an ephod and a breastpiece and a turban on our heads that says, holy is the Lord, in a physical sense. However, he does clothe us with compassion, humility, kindness, goodness, and patience. Those are things that show that we are his. It doesn't, that's not what makes us his, but because he has transformed us and he has saved us, we have those, those clothings that show we are his children. So first, though, we have to take off the old to make room for the new. Just like we were talking about where you don't put on an extra layer of clothes over your PJs, you have to take that off before you can put on the new. And we don't want to just take it off. In Matthew 12, it talks about these impure spirits. And sometimes we have these spiritual things that need to be taken out. But we don't want to just leave ourselves empty. We want to make sure that we're filling ourselves with God and his word and his truth and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. In Matthew 12, it says, When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. So we don't want to be like that. We want to make sure that we get rid of the old and not just leave ourselves stripped naked, but we want to make sure that we clothe ourselves with Jesus. So first of all, we want to make sure that we are clothed and covered by his grace. That is the most important thing. That's what saves us is his grace, not anything that we have done, not our righteous acts that are like filthy rags, but his grace, his blood, covers us so that we can be clean and pure and because of that covering that is what enables us to take off the old ways that's what enables us to get rid of those fleshly desires which isn't like a one-day process it's not like one day you're like oh my goodness I am I'm not tempted I don't have these bad desires I don't want to sin no it's a process that you have to take time it's more like a house construction Have you ever had to renovate a room or part of a house where you just have to tear down everything, you take everything out of the room, maybe you have to tear down a wall or replace the cabinets, like there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's not something that happens snap overnight and then the next day everything is brand new. And it actually has to get worse before it gets better, right? Because you have to strip everything away before you can add the new. In the same way with our hearts, it's not an easy snap of a finger process, It's getting rid of those old ways, getting rid of the weights that easily entangle so that we can pursue Jesus. And then the new can come in. The Holy Spirit can transform our hearts. Instead of having those old desires, we now have this new desire for the glory of God. And it's not for show. 
One, it's not for salvation. We can't just clothe ourselves with goodness and compassion and all of that to earn our way to heaven. That's silly. That is an overflow of our salvation through Jesus, that he covers us with his grace so that God sees us as pure and white because of Jesus' blood, just like we talked about with forgiveness and sacrifice, that Jesus' blood covers us so that God can see us as pure and holy. But And because of that, that's where we're able to have compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And the other thing is that it's not for show. So it's not for salvation and it's not for show. We don't put on those things to show other people like, oh, look at me, I am such a good human. I am kind and I give to other people, look at me. That is not it. In the Old Testament, in a physical sense, because the Old Testament was a lot about the physical sense, right? The priests would wear those garments as reminders. They were physical reminders. And now we have these spiritual clothings. Compassion isn't a, a shirt that you can put on. And gentleness is not socks that you put on your feet. But it's something that covers our hearts and our minds and our souls. In the same way, in the Old Testament, it was a very physical sense. When they were repenting, they would often tear their clothes and put on sackcloth. It was a way of humbling themselves. And it had to be done with the right heart, though. In 1 Kings 21, we see a good example with Ahab. Ahab was actually a very wicked king. But because of um, a punishment that he was receiving, it says, When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went around meekly. So this was a true repentance. He was tearing his clothes, putting on sackcloth, and he went around meekly. And it says, The word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you noticed how Ahab had humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in his day, but will bring it on his house in the days of his son. So God still brought the punishment, but it wasn't during Ahab's time because Ahab humbled himself in that way with his heart, not just his outward clothing. But there are times when people in the Old Testament would repent just on the outside and not on the inside. They would just tear their clothes, but their hearts wouldn't be for the Lord. And that's why God tells us that he wants our hearts. In Joel 2, when he's calling them to repentance, he says, starting in verse 12, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. It says, rend your heart and not your garments, or tear your hearts and not your garments. So it's not just the outward clothing that gets teared, but it's opening your heart it says, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. So in the same way, just as in the Old Testament times, it was a physical, outward, tearing the clothes and putting on sackcloth, but it was showing the inward change of the heart. Today, it's a much more spiritual sense. Most of us do not go around in grief and actually physically tear our clothes and put on sackcloth. Instead, we want to make sure that it is truly our hearts that are turned toward God. And Jesus actually speaks to the Pharisees in woes. And these woes are something that we want to make sure that we are not like this, like the Pharisees. It says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Just like we were talking about, this clothing that we have, that we put on, these like compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, it is because Jesus has changed the inside that we can show God's glory 
through compassion. Jesus continues and says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You look like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. Ooh. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. My friends, we do not want to be like that. We do not put on these clothes as a show to people. It is truly, it should be just a reflection of the inward change that Jesus has made for us. So our clothing is goodness, kindness, gentleness, humility, and patience. It's not a costume. It's not our identity. It's, it's not what covers and saves us, but it shows that inward change that's happened because Christ covered us. I think it's really cool to think about, too, that Jesus came, he lived the perfect life for us. And he has been tempted in every way, just as we are, but he was without sin. And we can come to him because we know that he has been through the human experience. He knows what it's like. He doesn't call us to things that he has not gone through. He has gone through the worst of the worst. So anything that we go through is nothing in comparison to what he has gone through. And something that he has gone through is he's gone through being stripped. Now, he didn't live in sinful ways. Like, we want to strip of our sinful ways. But when Jesus died on the cross, they took his clothes They cast lots on his clothing. He hung there naked. So it might not be a beautiful process to get rid of those selfish desires and those ways that you once lived in. Maybe you feel really comfortable in that. Maybe you feel really comfortable in your PJs and you don't want to take them off. You feel comfortable living in that sin and those selfish desires because it feels good right now. But we have to take it off. It's uncomfortable. It's just like that house construction where everything gets taken out. It's not beautiful at first. But the glory that comes later is what surpasses that uncomfortable feeling, that not good feeling of sitting in nakedness and being stripped of the old ways. It takes time to get clothed. It takes time for that glory to come. But now, when we see pictures of Jesus in the Bible, of how he is described, we don't see him described as a naked man hanging on the cross. We do see that in the Gospels when it talks about Jesus being crucified. But later, We see him as seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He's wearing white. He has a gold sash. We see these glorious, glorious pictures of who he is now. In the same way, we want to strip of those old ways, which might not feel comfortable right now, but we are clothed in much more glorious clothes because we are his children and we are loved by him. And we know that the glory that is to come will surpass these temporary feelings of discomfort. So we want to make sure that we clothe ourselves First, with him, his grace covers us completely. His blood covers us. And because of that inward change, we can outwardly show our love for him and for other people, not to look good for other people, but truly to love and serve him who is worthy of all praise and glory. My friends, what are some things that you need to strip away? What are things that you know are sinful desires that you are struggling with that are pulling you away from Jesus that you need to get rid of. It's not going to be comfortable. I've had things that I've lived in that they were, they were like a safety blanket for me, that they were not good things. And they were honestly tearing me apart. I don't know why I thought they were good things, but it was just comfortable. And it was ugly to get rid of that. It was yucky and disgusting to have to strip that away because it was comfortable to me. But now I'm free of that. I'm free from that sinful ways that I lived in. And I have so much more fruit in my life because I've stripped off the old ways 
And Jesus has been renewing my heart and giving me more desires for him. No, I'm not perfect, and there's still things that he's stripping away and adding to my life. But it's that process of trusting him, trusting that he is better than anything that we can ask, think, or imagine. Trusting that he is better than our safety blankets that feel comfortable to us. Because my friends, God is not safe. C.S. Lewis, when he's talking about Aslan, who's the character that kind of represents Jesus in the Chronicles of Narnia, he says that he's not a tame lion. He's not safe, but he is good. In the same way, God is good. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to be the way that we want it to be but it means it's going to be worth it because the glory that is to come far surpasses any discomfort, any issues, any struggles, any rejection from people. It's more about him. It's all about him because he deserves all glory. Thank you for joining me today for the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. Soon we'll be diving into some really hard questions. And so I'd love to hear what question, if you could speak to God face-to-face right now and ask him one thing, what would it be? Let me know and we can dive into those hard questions together. You can find us on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good Podcast. Join our Facebook group. You can find us on almost any podcast platform. I'd love for you to rate, write reviews, and share with your friends. And let's dive into God's word together. I hope you have an awesome week. May the Lord bless you and keep you.